It's Tuesday, June 27th. Do you know what day it is? It's Slate. Hello and welcome to another day in sports betting. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and as always, you can find me at Doug underscore Reed 34 on Twitter. Always happy to get any feedback, thoughts, or interaction, any questions you have. And if you don't mind going to your podcast provider and rate and review the show, that would greatly help me and help our crew at Sports Ethos get some more traction for another one of our litany of podcasts. If you haven't already, go to sportsethos.com and check out all of our stuff. There are lots of free stuff, lots of very reasonable uh, membership prices across every sport. We just renewed our uh, or restarted our fantasy football podcast. Today, going to be going three days a week for the next month or two. A lot of interesting stuff going on there. Um, baseball, obviously. Basketball. College sports going to be heating up in the summer months. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, so I definitely recommend checking us out. Before we get to today's slate, which is all baseball, 15 games. So a couple of them are off the board. Uh, it's a walk down memory lane in this day in sports history. A couple birthdays. Jim Edmonds of the... Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim when he played. They were the LA Angels of Anaheim referred to as. He turns 53 today. And Bobby, Bobby Wagner uh, of the Seattle Seahawks is 33 years old today. Back in 1986, Robbie Thompson of the San Francisco Giants had the distinction of being caught stealing four times in one game. Pretty sure that is a record. It was a record then. I don't think that's been broken. And Ken has now will be four times in one game. Somebody should have put the red light sign up. 1998 in boxing. Uh, I think I actually remember this. Mike Tyson KO'd Michael Spinks in 90 seconds. I don't think that was as fast as uh, knockout either, but um, wasn't much of a fight there for Mr. Spinks. And then an interesting uh, fact that happened twice on this day. In 1983 and in 1998, two Major League Baseball teams batted out of order. In 83, the Seattle Mariners batted out of order in the second inning against the White Sox. And then five years later in 88, Cincinnati bats out of order against San Diego in the first inning. Gotta imagine somebody got a blast for that, whether it be the manager from uh, above or players who are just not paying attention. Should be that hard to stay as a major leaguer in the proper batting order. That's Little League stuff. But anyway, it's so tough. Uh, this day, 1980, 1998, in the NHL, Vincent Lecavier was drafted first overall to Tampa Bay. Went on to have a great career with Tampa. I think he ended with the Montreal Canadiens for a bit, but uh, was a great player, very classy player, and a great player. Uh, in 2013, in the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers drafted Anthony Bennett number one overall and uh, had a bit of a run in the NBA, but I think that would have to be considered a bust. Not so much because of his career, but because he was number one overall. Uh, that was a tough break for the Cavs. So obviously, he rebounded after that and won a few championships with LeBron and friends. Uh, but that was not a good look for them that year. So that is a quick down uh, jaunt down memory lane. Let's get to the baseball board. Start Pittsburgh, where the Pirates are hosting the San Diego Padres. You can get the road Padres as a favorite at minus 170 in the money line. Home. Plus 140. Total here is 8.5. Just to the over at minus 115. I'm seeing most of the money come in the over. I think that came in more when it was at 9. Uh, it's been brought down a little bit. Yeah, I see about 80%. Sorry, 56% of the bets, but 86% of the money on the under. But I think most of that came in at 9. Uh, if anything, I would lean to the 8.5. Even if it's choosing the minus 115. On the hill for San Diego is you, Darvish, and Rich Hill for the Pirates. Darvish comes in with a 4.123 whip. Not having his typical season, although 86 strikeouts, 85 strikeouts in 80 innings. Rich Hill has had um, 
His numbers don't look great, but this is a hell of a season for Rich Hill uh, at this stage of his career. 83 innings, 4.34 ERA, 76 strikeouts, and a 1.37 whip. When we dig a little deeper, um, he's actually been, uh, I guess you could say, kind of bad his numbers. 4.34 ERA, but a 5.44 whip. But his fifth is 4.35. That indicates he's probably right about where he should be. Uh, just an 8.24K per nine. Not the strikeout guy that he used to be. Darvis, on the other hand, uh, has been a victim of bad luck. 4.84 ERA, but a 3.62 expected ERA. So well over a run less. And a 3.86, so almost a run less. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah, 0.98 of a run less. Um, fifth. So he has uh, been the victim of bad luck. 9.56K per nine, which is good. Uh, a little below his career average of 10.75, though. And the thing with Darvish is they say he has like eight pitches in his repertoire. And he always seems to do this. He'll have a – in his last four or five years, he seems to have three, two or three months rule. And then he's just lights out after that. So a lot of people are waiting for the switch to go on. I'm waiting for that, too really for the whole Padres team. Can't lay minus 170. On the run line, they're minus 110. Don't want to lay that. They're on the road, so uh, that's probably the way to go. But I don't really want to lay a negative run line in a game like that. The Pirates are slumping, and I like the, the Padres here, but just too big, a run, too big a money line and too big a run line, even with Darvish, who I believe is due for positive regression. Uh, if anything, I would look to the under 8.5 and, and maybe a slight lean to the run line. Can take a quick break? and get back to the rest of the games on the All right, let's head to Baltimore, where the O's host the Cincinnati Reds. Baltimore comes in at minus 140, favorite on the money line, plus 120 for the road. Reds, eight and a half, juice to the over at minus 120, so runs are expected to be scored. If anything, I might look to the under. Uh, I'm going to wait and see if this game gets to nine. I think I'm going to look to the under here. And you can get the home Orioles on the run line at plus 145. Not going to touch that. For Cincinnati, Andrew Abbott gets to start the young lefty. Uh, perfect 3-0 record, just 23 and two-thirds innings, 1.14 ERA, 0.97 whip. Has looked good out of the gates for sure. Righty Tyler Wells is having a good season as well. 6-3, but 86 and two-thirds innings, 3.22 ERA, 88 strikeouts, and a 0.89 whip. Now, when I look at Wells even deeper, um, he's probably due for some negative regression, been a little fortunate, but still decent numbers. 3.22 ERA, but a 3.544 expected ERA and a 4.63 fit. Also has a 9.14 uh, K per nine. So he's been pitching well. They're at home in Camden Yards, definitely a pitcher's park. And as hot as the Reds have been, uh, losing tonight to Baltimore, but uh, I think winners of 10 of their last 12. And they've certainly turned a corner, leading the NL Central. Everybody loves the Reds right now. Uh, I'm just not really sure that I can back them against the O's because the O's are trailing Tampa Bay. But you could argue the O's are second, third, fourth best team in baseball right now, the way they're playing. Abbott comes in with a sparkling, as I said, 1.14 ERA. But his expected ERA is 3.39 and a fifth, if even worse, at 4.2. So definitely some regression expected. Now, it doesn't happen tonight in Camden Yards. Uh, I'm not sure it does. But uh, I don't think, but I do like Wells as a better pitcher. Minus 140 on the money line is a decent price uh, for Baltimore. When I look how Baltimore has done against lefties, batting average of 257, which is kind of mid pack, 13th overall, on base percentage of 335, puts them a little bit better than that, 8th uh, overall, and a slugging of 424, which puts them 11th. So kind of top third, right around the top third in all major categories against lefties. 
when I look at a WRC plus, uh, let me just pull this up here on the season against lefties. Baltimore sits at. Um, sorry, I thought I had this up. Baltimore's WRC plus. Where are you, Baltimore? There we go. Eighth overall at 112. So WRC plus is basically a scale of 100 is league average. They're 12% above league average. So hit lefties well. As I said, right around the top third range. I like Baltimore. Uh, I'm not sure I like laying minus 140. That's probably the play. And they're at home. Pretty juicy run line. And I think they can get to Abbott, who's pitched well. And 22 strikeouts in 23rd and two innings. So strikeout in any kind of guy. But not sure I really want to lay that minus 140. If it was minus 125, minus 130, I'd probably be on it. But definitely a lean towards Wells and the Orioles tonight. A couple games are off the board. Right now, I see two games off the board. So I'm just going to quickly touch on those. The Giants start a series in Toronto against the Jays. And I see for the Giants, Ryan Walker starting. Uh, and to be determined for Toronto... Although I see another side that says Kevin Gosman. So if Gosman is pitching, they're definitely a clear favorite. If it's a TBD, that means they're that's the Alec Manoa spot, which for some reason I haven't filled in. It's going to be a bullpen game. Uh, San Fran's been hot. Jay's been doing decent lately. I'd probably lean the Jays regardless. If Gosman's on the mound, definitely lean the Jays. But they're going to kind of probably come in on a minus 140, minus 150 if he is. If it's a bullpen game, I could see this opening because it's in Toronto, maybe one minus 115, 120 for the Jays. I'd probably lean that way. The next game is in Texas, where the Tigers continue their series. I see Martin Perez on the hill for Texas, and I see a TBD for the Tigers. So that may be a bullpen game as well. Um, as I scroll down, I don't see a starter anywhere really for Texas. Although so, it does – oh, sorry. I see Matt Manning, so uh, coming off the DL. No, um, sorry. Coming back to pitch. It's only pitched 11 two-thirds innings this year. Uh, if it is Manning, I would still lean Texas – Although they, uh, Detroit won 7-2 tonight over um, Texas. Perez has not pitched well, but Detroit struggles against everybody. And Matt Manning, good prospect. First-round pick a few years back, uh, but hasn't really lived up to the billing. Uh, has really struggled with control. So I would need to see it from him. I think this game opens Texas minus 130, maybe even minus 140, if not more. Uh, I wouldn't lay that much with Perez because he's really struggled this year. Um, 84 and a third innings, 4.380 area, 1.45 whips. I'm not going to back him. The luster seems to come off him from what he's done in the last couple of years. So uh, two games that are off the board. I'm going to skip on though. Next game up in New York where the Metropolitans host the Brewers. And I think this is a very interesting game. Not really sure where to go yet, but Mets come in at minus 140 in the money line. The Road Brewers at plus 120. Total here is nine. Juice minus 110 both sides. And you get the Mets run line at plus 135. For the road Brewers, Julio Tehran is on the hill. 35 and a third innings, 1.53 ERA, 0.88 whip. But when you dig a little deeper, uh, due for some negative regression for sure, he comes in with a 3.29 expected ERA versus a 1.53 ERA, so almost double, and 3.92 FIPS, so even worse. So he is definitely due for some negative regression. Been a good story <clears throat> for sure this year, but definitely pitching above his peripherals. Another hand, David Peterson, a 1-6 record, which is brutal. 39 innings, 8.08 ERA and a 1.74 whip. Now, is he due from positive, some positive regression? Yes, he is. A lot. 
because his expected ERA is 5.17 and a fifth of 4.78. But even those numbers aren't very good. The angle here, though, and that's why the Mets are such large favorites, and can't really back them at minus 140. But if you listen to my show before, you know uh, Milwaukee is terrible against lefties. So against left-handed hitters, left-handed pitching this year, Milwaukee has the worst batting average at 216, the 27th, so the fourth worst on base at 297, and the worst slugging at 350. Their WRC plus is 79, so 21% below league average when facing lefties, which is the second worst in baseball. Uh, the flip side is the Mets are slightly below average against righties. 239 batting average is 20th, 321 uh, on base is 15th, so right in the middle, and a 391 slugging is 18th. The WCR, WRC plus of 103, so slightly above league average, which puts them um, at 12th overall. So you'd like to think the Mets uh, are due, or not due, but the have a good chance of winning, and obviously with a minus 140, the market thinks that as well. Uh, Peterson just scares me. Uh, his numbers have not been good, and I'm not really sure that he's really – he's due for some regression for sure, some positive regression, but you know, getting to an ERA of five and a FIP of just below that isn't all that great. Uh, he's been hit hard pretty, pretty consistently. Last game out, five innings against the Nationals, nine innings, six earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Against the Reds – this is back in um, May 9th, though. So this is his first start in quite a while. And this is when the Reds were still quite cold. Three and a third inning, seven hits, four earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Uh, prior to that, against the Braves, five innings, four earned runs. Before that, against the Giants, five innings, seven earned runs. Prior to that, six innings against the Dodgers, seven hits, six earned runs. He's been getting rocked. And, yeah, Milwaukee is terrible against lefties. But this is a pretty bad lefty right now. So I'm not really sure where to go. I, you know, I want to back the Mets because Milwaukee is so bad against lefties. And I think Tehran is in uh, for some negative regression. But I don't think I can get behind Peterson. I mean, he's a better pitcher than that. His career is fantastic, but they've definitely been better than that. Uh, so probably stay away from me. And when I look at where the money's going, open at 8.5. It's at 9 right now, the total. So I see 52% of the money and 87% of the Sorry, 52% of the bets, 87% of the money on the over. I just don't know how much the Brewers can really help that total out. Um, they have to get to Peterson for four or five runs, and the Mets can get to uh, Old Julio for four or five as well. I'm not sure that's going to happen. So lean the Mets, but a stay away for me so far. Now, the next game is game I am on in Boston, where the Red Sox host the Miami Marlins. The Sox are at minus 115. I got them earlier on FanDuel at minus 104. I would actually play this at minus 115 or better. Um, the Marlins minus 105 in the road. Total here is nine, juice to the over at uh, minus 120. You can get, yeah, the over here at minus 120. When I look at where the num money's coming in, on the Red Sox money line, 57% of the bets, but 84% of the money is coming in. And on the over, open at nine, still at nine, 52% of the bets, but 87% of the money coming in on the over. And here's, well, let's get to the pitchers, but I'll get to why when we break. For Miami, you have their ace of last year and Cy Young Award winner, but struggling this year, Sandy Alcantara, the righty on the hill, 95 and two-thirds innings, five point. 0.8 ERA, 1.25, and just 78 strikeouts in 95 and two-thirds. Never been a big strikeout pitcher, but usually a little better than that. 
Uh, due for some regression for sure, 4.22 expected ERA and a 3.76 uh, FIP, but has been struggling. On the flip side, Garrett Whitlock comes in for the Bo Sox. Just 46 innings, 4.5 ERA, 1.22 whip, and 39 strikeouts. Been pitching well, a little better lately. Uh, comes in with a 4.34 expected ERA and a 4.07 whip. So, in fact, could you, uh, probably, probably some positive regression there for, for him as well. But definitely Alcantara is expected to get better, but he has been struggling consistently. And when I look at how these teams have done against righties, uh, Miami is Batting average of 250, 15th overall. The Red Sox, 259, 8th overall. Uh, Miami's on-base percentage, 314, is 18th overall. The Red Sox, 324, 14th overall. Sudden percentage for Miami, 383, 21st overall. And the Red Sox, 426, 11th overall. So definitely a lean towards the Sox bats. WRC plus for Boston, 102, uh, 13th and best in the league. And against righties. And for Miami, their WRC plus against righties is 92, 21st in the league. The telling stat, though, for me, so all that leads me to Boston. Whitlock's been pitching well. Alcantara has not. Um, is he a better pitcher? Sure. But he, until he finds it, until he gets out of this funk, I can't really back him. And at home, the Red Sox have definitely been better this year. They are the third best WRC plus at 121, so 21% above league average when at home. When on the road, Miami is has a 93 WRC plus, so 17th, so slightly better. Um, sorry, 93, 7, 7% worse than league average, but 17th in the league. So I like the Boston bats. I like the way Whitlock's pitching right now, and I don't like the way Alcantara's pitching. Hence my take of Boston on the money line. Like I said, I got it early at 104, minus 104. Uh, I would play this anything to minus 115. And if anything, I would lean to the over. It's juiced to minus 120, so probably going to 9.5 maybe by the time you hear this. But search around. If you can get it at 9, I think I would lean to the over um, in this game as well as both teams could score and Boston could definitely score at home. 7.20 in the East is the next game. Minnesota Twins are in Atlanta to play the Braves. The home Braves minus 150 on the money line. The road Twins plus 130. Total here is 9, juiced both sides at minus 110. Uh, I don't see a lot of money coming either way. I do see some money coming in the Atlanta run line, but that is plus 135. I see 69% of the bets and 96% of the money uh, coming in on the run line. So that may be a play to look at. Pitching matchup, two righties on the hill. Joe Ryan, 93 and two-thirds, 2.980 RA, 0.9 whip, and 100 strikeouts. Been a very good year. And... 2.44 expected ERA, 2.79 FIP. So he could even do better, surprisingly, um, looking at his stats. However, he is facing a tough team in the Braves. On the flip side, Bryce Elder for Atlanta, 90 innings, 2.4 ERA, 2.40 ERA, just 75 strikeouts, 1.11 whip. Having a good year, due for some negative regression. I've been saying that for a while, but it just doesn't seem to be happening. So this could be just a guy who just continues to outperform, which some pitchers do over the course of a year outperform his underlying numbers. So 2.40 ERA, but a 3.78 expected ERA and a 3.72 FIP. So over a run, what, run 1.3, almost 1.4 better than his expected numbers. Uh, So doing quite well. I do favor uh, the Braves purely because of their lineup. And against righties, here are some numbers. The triple slash lines are batting average for Minnesota, 236, 21st in baseball. The Braves, 261, 7th in baseball. On base, 315 for Minnesota, 17th best. 
for the Braves, 336 is third best. Slugging percentage, 410 for Minnesota, 14th best. So kind of league average. For the Braves, uh, 465, the best in baseball. WRC plus against righties. The Braves are 115, third best in baseball. And this is actually surprising. Minnesota is 104, so 4% better than league average and the 10th best in baseball. So they've been doing all right. Uh, kind of, you know, the triple slash numbers slightly below average, but call it roughly average in the league. And the Braves have been crushing everybody. So uh, I like the Braves. Don't want to wait minus 150. The minus, uh, the plus 135 run line might be the way to go. I just don't know if Joe Ryan's going to get hit around. So if anything, I might also look to the under, uh, the under nine. I think both pitchers have been doing well, have been doing well. And I think Elder should be able to hold the Twins down. And it's just a, matter of whether the Braves can get the Ryan and the way Ryan's pitching, uh, he should be able to help hold them in check. He can hold them to four or five runs. Even if the Braves, not him, but him in the bullpen, uh, which is a little weaker, but if they can hold them down. Um, I'm not really sure the twins can get to elder and the Braves for four or five on their side. So probably an under nine, or maybe that run line of plus one thirty-five, which is looking a little juicy. Next game is in St. Louis, where the Cards host the Houston Astros at 745. You can get the Road Astros as the favorites at minus 115, the home Cardinals minus 105. I jumped on Houston at minus 110 uh, earlier today. Total here is eight, just to the over at minus 115. So obviously a few runs expected to be scored. And you can get the Astros on the run line at plus 130. And that's really the only area that I see the money coming in. 67% of the bets, 99% of the money coming in on the Strohs. 99% is a little odd, so maybe... A little too early to get a good feel for that. Um, two very evenly matched teams. I think the difference is the pitching here. Two lefties coming in. Framber Valdez for Houston. 99 innings, 2.27 ERA, 104 strikeouts, and even 1.00 whip. Now, definitely due for some regression. His metrics show as a 3.72 ERA, so 1.4, roughly, run and a half, let's call it uh, a uh, expected ERA worse, but a 2.71 whip. So somewhere between that expected ERA and ERA falls, hit, sorry, not whip, is FIP. So maybe some negative uh, regression due there. On the flip side, we got Montgomery, who seems to right of the ship lately. He really struggled out of the gate, but 85 and a third innings, 3.69 ERA, just 79 strikeouts and a 1.29 whip. He comes in. Uh, with a 3.94 expected ERA, so has outperformed under sorry has outperformed what his expected ERA shows, but a 3.48 FIP, which is actually better than his ERA. So he's probably doing about what should be expected uh, for him. When I look at what these what these teams do against lefties, neither holds a huge advantage. Both are basically league average. Uh, Houston 254 batting average, which is 13th. St. Louis here's an odd one. St. Louis is 17th in the league in all three triple slash categories. 249 batting average, 17th. 317 on base, 17th. 410 slugging, 17th. Houston comes in pretty consistent as well. 254 batting average, 13th. 324 on base, 14th. 442 slugging, 13th. So slight lean towards Houston. However, Jordan Alvarez is out of the lineup. So that definitely hurts. WRC plus, we against lefties. We have Houston at... Um, 102, which is 14th in the league, and St. Louis at 107, so slightly better at 11th in the league. And both these pitchers are pitching well. Valdez has given up two or less earned runs in seven of his last nine starts, and Montgomery has given up two or less earned runs in four of his last five. So as I said, he's right in the ship a little. I still like Houston. Um, 
their order just even without Valdez, uh, I think their batting lineup, their their order is a little stronger. Not huge, but uh, they're going to be throwing Altuve and Bregman, two righties at start. Kyle Tucker's a lefty. They're having an average year for him, but obviously a very good hitter. Then Abreu, their cleanup hitter right now, has really been coming on this month. He's a righty. Ander Diaz, as a catcher, filling in, not completely, but a fair bit for Martin Maldonado as a righty hitting fifth. He's been doing well. And Jeremy Pena uh, has had a bit of a home run surge lately. So top six in the order. I like a little better than St. Louis. They got Edmund, a switch hitter, Goldschmidt, Arenado, and uh, two righties, obviously very good righties. And then Contreras, the catcher, who's been uh, better uh, after he was told he's not going to be a catcher anymore. They moved in the outfield for a little while, and everybody blew up on that. Now he's back a catcher. And Jordan Walker and Dylan Carlson are right in a switchy, uh, switch hitter. Uh, Walker's been doing well. But I think Houston's got a little better depth uh, in their order, and I like Valdez to be a little more consistent than Montgomery. So Eileen Houston, like I said, I got them at minus 110. It's minus 115. I wouldn't play it much lower than that. So I would def- I'm, I'm, I'd be on the Houston money line at minus 115. Wouldn't go much further than that. Now, the next game I see, um, I don't have any lines on this game for some reason, which is odd. Uh, Philadelphia at the Cubs, probably the win factor. Uh, Other than the fact that I see Phillies at minus 130 on the money line and the home Cubbies at plus 110. Rancho Suarez, the lefty, on the bump for the Phillies, 43 and two-thirds innings, 3.5 ERA, 1.28 whip. And Jameson tie on the righty for the Cubbies, three, 53 and two-thirds innings, 6.71 ERA, and a 1.55. And we dig a little deeper. I think I'm leaning. I'm not there yet. I'm going to wait to see where this money line goes, but I'm definitely leaning towards Philly. And when you look at Ranger Suarez, uh, the lefty has a 4.34 expected ERA, so much worse, worse than his 3.5 ERA, but it's just a 3.2 fit, so actually better than his ERA. So not sure if positive and negative regression is going on, but he's pitched a lot better lately. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Tie on the other hand, 6.71 ERA, but a 5.59 expected ERA. So you could say uh, regression is due for some positive regression. Those are still bad numbers. And a 5.19 FIP. So positive regression, sure, but he's still struggling. And the Cubbies hit lefties well. 261 batting average, 11th best in the league, 336 on base, 6th best, and 438 slugging, 6th best, and a 111 WRC play, RC plus, 9th best. However, uh, this is Ranger Suarez they're going against who shut down Atlanta, and Atlanta is definitely the best team in triple slash line against lefties. He shut them down his last outing, 6 innings, 4 hits. They ended up losing this game. 6 innings, 4 hits, 1 earned run, 2 walks, 7 strikeouts. Prior to that, against red-hot Arizona at Arizona, seven innings, four hits, no earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. Prior to that, against a very good-hitting Dodgers team. Not as great against lefties, but they are improving against lefties. Six innings, four hits, one earned run, two walks, eight strikeouts. Prior to that, against Washington. Not a great team, but a good-hitting team against lefties. Seven innings, eight hits, one earned run, one walk, three strikeouts. He's been dominant uh, in the month of June. I mean, those are four incredible outings. Hasn't given up. Um, more than one earned run and has gone seven innings, six innings, seven innings, six innings against Washington, the Dodgers, Arizona, and Atlanta. So I like him to continue that trend. And I like him to be able to hold the Cubbies bats in check. I'm not sure what this total is going to come out at. Uh, I got to believe even if the wind's blowing out, we're going to get eight, eight and a half. The wind's blowing in, so you can get seven, seven and a half. So 
Uh, Tyon sure is due for some regression. I like the Philly bats and I like Suarez. So I'm going to wait and see where this line goes. Minus 130 is probably playable. If you can get it, shop around a little. Minus 125 is even better. Uh, but going to be waiting to see where that goes. It's probably going to be on the Phillies. We move to KC for an AL Central battle between the Royals and the Cleveland Guardians. You can get the Road Guardians minus 145 and the home Royals at plus 125. And a pitcher's duel, this is not. Two young pitchers who could have good careers, but have been struggling. Well, one's been struggling and the one uh, only had one outing and he pitched against Oakland that didn't go well. On the bump for Cleveland, Gavin Williams, just five and two-thirds against Oakland, 6.35 ERA, three walks, four strikeouts, 1.24. So this guy's a strikeout machine in the lower minors. Um, one game, can't really tell, but three walks against Oakland is far too many. And the thing is, he's going against Kansas City, which is not a great hitting lineup. On the flip side, Singer, 76 and two-thirds, 6.34 ERA, 1.57 whip, and... 67 strikeouts, so a decent number there, just under strikeout. And then he comes in with uh, 7.87K per nine. Singer, though, is due for some positive regression. But like I've said a couple times, bad numbers are bad numbers. 6.34 ERA, but a 5.77 expected ERA and a 4.51 whip. So when I see that, I almost want to back Kansas City at plus 125. But their lineup is just so bad right now. Uh, total here is nine, just to the over at minus 120. So if this gets up to nine and a half, I might look to the under. Just two horrible lineups. Singer is probably the better pitcher. Williams is a good prospect. Hard to say. You know, it's it was one game. Oakland's been playing was playing better then, uh, and they got to him. A little bad luck, perhaps, on his part. So I'm not really sure which way to go here. Definitely not back in the Guardians at minus 145. I'll be hard-pressed to back the Guardians many times this year at that big a favorite. Um that big a number because they just don't score enough. And if anything, I would look to the under. Like I said, if this gets a nine and a half, I'd probably look towards the under. And I may consider a Kansas City money line at plus 125, but not there yet. Next game is just a pure stay away from me, but we'll go over quick. Uh, in Colorado, the Rockies host the Dodgers. The Road Dodgers, minus 300. The home Rockies, plus 250. Total here is 12, just to the under, minus 115. For the Dodgers, they send their ace, lefty Clayton Kershaw, to the hill. 89 to third innings, 2.72 ERA, 103 strikeouts, 1.1 whip, doing his Kershaw things. And Connor Seabold, unfortunately, gets the ball for Colorado. 56 and two-thirds, 5.88 ERA, 1.48 whip. Uh, some positive regression due for sure, just a 4.77 expected ERA, but a 5.6 FIP, so kind of in line with ZRA. Uh, there's really no play here. In fact, the only play to me is Colorado on the money line at plus 250, and that's only if you've got a lot of guts and want to take a bit of a lottery ticket. Uh, I'm not laying minus 300 with anybody. <laughs> the LA run line, so they have to win by two runs, is minus 190. Maybe, if anything, look towards the under. Um, open at minus 11. Sorry, open at 11 and a half. It's up to 12. I just think maybe maybe Kershaw can uh, hold him in check. It's juiced to the under at minus 115. Um, but stay away from me. Can't really get a feel either way. Uh, well, I can get a feel. I'm not laying that kind of money. I think LA wins and LA wins easy, but not really prepared to win, uh, lay that kind of money on either side. 938 in the East in Los Angeles. The Angels host the Chicago White Sox. You can get the home Angels at minus 200 and the Road Sox at plus 170 purely because of the pitching matchup, uh, which I'll get to in a second. The total here, eight and a half, juice to the under at minus 120. And I would 
probably look to that. Open at eight and a, um, I'm seeing it minus eight and or pardon me, eight and a half to eight. I'm seeing fifty one percent of the bets and eighty nine percent of the money coming on the under. And I think I would lean the under. If you can get an eight and a half at a minus one fifteen or better, it's definitely a play. Minus one twenty might even be the play here. And four, the White Sox. You have Mike uh, righty Michael Kopech on the hill, eighty two innings, four point zero six ERA. 94 strikeouts, 1.29 whip. Been up and down this year. Expected area of 5.03, so almost a full run worse, and a FIP of 5.34, so even more than one run, one run worse. On the flip side, uh, Shohei Otani, the Angels A Sun Hill, 89 innings, 3.13 area, 117 strikeouts, 1.04 whip. And he has pitched. A little better in his numbers, 3.34 expected ERA versus a 3.13 and a 3.94 fifth. Uh, he had a couple struggle um, poor outings recently, but then bounced back against the Dodgers last game. Seven innings, five hits, and earned a run, two walks, 12 strikeouts. Prior that against Texas, one of the hottest hitting lineups in baseball at Texas, six innings, six hits, two earned runs, a walk. So he seems to have righted the ship. I looked at his K prop. It's an eight and a half. And Chicago strikes out the most of anyone in the majors. Uh, they have a averaging 9.73 Ks per game. So certainly a prop to look at. But if anything, I'd probably look towards the under. I just don't know if Otani's going to be allowed to go that deep into the game. Uh, I did also look, maybe the White Sox team total under three and a half, but it is juiced down to minus 135. So shop around that. If you can get that in the minus 120s, it's probably a play. Because against righties, uh, the Sox struggle. 231 batting average, 22nd overall. 288 on base, 30th. So they're the worst team getting on base against righties. And Otani's not going to allow a lot of runners. And the slugging of 386 is 20th. So they're probably not going to be hitting a lot of long balls against him either. Can't lay minus 200. Minus 105 in the run line for the Angels. Don't even want to lay a negative run line with a home team. So I would probably lean towards the under, like I said, at 8.5. If you can get that minus 115, that's a good play. Uh, and maybe the White Sox under three and a half runs is probably a decent play as well. Next game, 940 in the East, but it is in Oakland where the A's host New York Yankees. You can get the Road Yanks at minus 140 in the money line, the home A's at plus 120. Total here is eight, juice to the over at minus 120. At first blush, when I look at the pitching matchup, I would think over, but I just don't know if Oakland can score. And the Yankees lineup right now has been brutal as well. So probably stay away on that number for me. Yankees sent Johnny Brito. They're right to the hill. 46 innings, 4.89 ERA, 33 strikeouts, 1.37 whip. And outperformed his peripherals a little. Uh, four, 5.41 expected ERA versus a 4.89 ERA and a 5.18 FIP. So a little bit lucky, um, but not too much. Regardless, n- none of those numbers are all that great. Paul Blackburn, the righty for Oakland, has probably been their best pitcher in the last month, uh, but just 25 and two-thirds innings, 4.21 ERA, and a 1.48 whip. And a little bit unfortunate, a 3.27 expected ERA, so almost run better, and an even 3.00 FIP, so better again. So... Definitely a better pitcher, but even with Aaron Judge out of the lineup, the Yankees bats struggling, they're the better team. And I just can't back Blackburn in the A's at all. Pretty decent price at minus 140 for the Yankees on the run line, plus 115. If anything, I might look there. 
uh, get a little plus money. They're on the road. They're going to get their nine full at bats. And I don't want to be Oakland has Oakland's one and nine in the last 10. What are the Yankees? I think they are, uh, they're struggling as well, obviously, but in their last 10 to four and six, I don't usually put a lot of stock in that, but when it's Oakland doing their Oakland things, I do put a bit of stock in that. So if anything, I would look towards the Yankees minus 140 is a decent price on the money line and plus 115 on the run line is probably decent as well. The second last game of the night is in Seattle, 9.40 p.m. Eastern Time, where the M's host the Washington Nationals. You can get the home Mariners minus 215 and the road Nats at plus 185. Total here is under juice to the over at minus 120. I, if this, excuse me, if this gets up to eight and a half, I think I would go on the under. And a lot of it has to do with Seattle's pitcher, Brian Wu. Let's get to Jake Irvin first. For Washington, the righty, 42 innings, 4.71 ERA, just 33 strikeouts and 1.52 up. You're not going to survive very long if you're giving up one and a half runners on base per inning. And he's actually outperformed his numbers. So it's 4.71 ERA as a 4.93 expected ERA and a 4.93 FIP. So not tremendously outperformed, um, but seven point, also has a 7.07 K per nine, which is not that uh, strong, obviously. Brian Wu, on the other hand, has been interesting. He got shelled in his first outing, but he comes in 17 and two-thirds innings, 5.09 ERA, just five walks, 25 strikeouts, and a 1.19 whip. And way too small a sample size, but 5.09 ERA, 2.46 expected ERA, 3.49 fit. So he's pitched be- he's pitched better in that first game when he got shelled uh, as certainly – led to that high ERA. When I look at WRC+, plus, neither of these teams are against righties. Neither of these teams are doing all that well. Uh, Washington comes in. Sorry. Um, oh, got to restart my numbers here. I apologize. WRC+, plus against righties. Seattle comes in at 97, so 17th overall, 3% below league average. And Washington comes in at 86. So 14% below league average, 26 worse in the majors. Um, Seattle doesn't have a great offense by any means this year. They've woken up a little. Julio Rodriguez seems to have come alive up to June. And Cantley minus 215, run line minus 110. Don't really, if I can get that run line at closer to uh, even money, I'd probably be on that. But I think I like the under. If this thing gets up to 8.5, I definitely like the under. Yeah, Jake Irving can give up a few runs, but, but I don't think – Seattle's going to explode. And I think Brian Wu can shut up Washington down. So um, I would definitely look towards taking the M's, maybe a Wu K prop uh, if it's in that five, five and a half range. Uh, I'm not really sure. Actually, Washington doesn't strike out a lot. Uh, so probably now that I think of it as I convince myself live, uh, as I think about it, uh, probably avoid that. Yeah, Washington 7.64 Ks per nine, which is the second best in the majors. And probably because they're not getting a whole lot of at-bats. Uh, oddly enough, Colorado has the best 7.54 Ks per nine. And Oakland is the fourth best, 7.95. I guess you're not getting a lot of bats. You don't get a lot of strikeouts against. Anyways, I like Wu. I like Seattle. Not at minus 215 and not in a negative run line. So if anything, I would look to the under. Only if it gets to eight and a half. Last game of the night is a great pitcher's duel. Probably the best pitcher's duel of the night in Arizona where we have Zach Gallen. For the D-backs, facing Taj Bradley for Tampa. Now, I really want to lean Arizona here, um, but I'm not really sure I can get there yet. 
Arizona minus 130 in the money line favorite. The road race plus 110. Total here is eight. Juice to the over at minus 115. And if anything, I might lean the under there. These guys have both been pitching well. Bradley comes in 49 innings, 3.86 ERA, 71 strikeouts, and a 1.2 whip. And he's actually underperformed his numbers. Is a 3.25 ERA and a 2.68 FIP. Gallon, on the other hand, nine and two overall, 70 there's 98 in the third innings, 2.84 ERA, 1.09 WHIP. And when we look at his peripherals, he's outperformed. So a 3.8 expected ERA, almost a full run worse, but a 2.59 FIP, so slightly better on the FIP side. The thing with Gallon, which is interesting, I don't usually put a lot of splits in like uh, uh, in home away. I don't put a lot of value on home away splits, but when they're this stark, I think you kind of have to look at them. So Gallon comes in on the season nine and two overall at home, seven and zero, two and two in the road. Fifty four innings at home, a one point zero zero ERA and a point eight five two WHIP with eleven point two Ks per nine. On the road, forty four and a third innings, a five point zero eight ERA. 1.36 whip and a 7.5 K per nine number. Clearly a way better pitcher at home. And where do you go with that? Um, you know, minus 130 against Tampa, the best team in baseball. Not sure I can lay that. Like, I think you can shut them down, but if Bradley shuts down Arizona, who knows where we go? And Arizona's bullpen, their bullpen by committee, who knows who's going out there? And they are nowhere close to Tampa's. Now, Tampa's bullpen has not been as strong as it has in the past. Definitely. But Fairbanks is back at the back end of the rotation. And uh, I just got a tough time going against Tampa Lane, minus 130. Gallon has been dominant at home. And I think he can, I think he could definitely get the best of Tampa here. But I see this as a low-scoring game. Two dominant pitchers, or two very good pitchers. Gallon dominant at home. Right, Open at eight. It's at uh, state at eight. Although money obviously coming in in the over, if this gets up to eight and a half, I'm definitely on the under. If this gets to eight and a half, I'm definitely on the under because I think Gallon should shut down Tampa. And Bradley can do the same. You know, this could be a three-one, four-two kind of game, and uh, Tampa's bullpen should be able to hold on. And fingers crossed with the D-backs the bullpen. But nothing yet. As I said, probably an under if this number gets to eight and a half. So. Hope you enjoyed the show. Broke down, I think, all 15 games, a couple games with no lines. That Cubbies game still doesn't have a number or a total. Uh, waiting to see what the wind will do there, obviously, at Wrigley tomorrow. So hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you got some tape, picks, some angles, some leans, some ideas how you can make money, some ideas how we can all make money, and we can have a great day in sports betting. 